1: Hello, and welcome to Happier, a podcast that gives you ideas about how to be happier. This week, even though it's not officially a very special episode, which we do every 10th episode, we've decided to do something a little different and talk about holiday hacks for the entire episode. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, the four tendencies, and human nature. I'm in New York City. And with me is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft. And, Elizabeth, I'm excited because this is a year when you'll be in Kansas City for the holiday. You're there every other year, and this is an on-year for you.
0: That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A. And, Gretch, I am so excited for a KC Christmas. I can't wait. I can't wait to uh, go to Winstead's, especially.
1: Yeah, we will go. So, Elizabeth, let's jump into our happier holiday hacks. We decided we were just going to do a hack marathon. Yes. As the holidays approach. And the first one I think is very helpful, which is to declare an official start to the holiday season. And this has part one and part two. Part one is don't start beating yourself up about the fact that you haven't done your holiday shopping or that you haven't gotten your house organized or whatever until a certain part. We talked many episodes ago about scheduling time to worry, setting aside time to worry. And this is like, okay, I'm not going to worry about this until the day after Thanksgiving or December 10th or whatever it is for you so that you don't needlessly worry before you're ready to start actually doing something about it.
0: Yeah, because you could start worrying about Christmas before Halloween. I mean, mm. stores are start pushing Christmas so early now yeah. that it would be very easy to start freaking out well before it's necessary.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. And part two of this is... Also declare a start for the holiday season for the pleasures. So, you know, don't anticipate all the fun things that make the holiday season special by letting them bleed too early into the fall.
0: Yeah, Gretchen, like a few weeks ago, Adam and I were at the store and I saw that they had the holiday blend, the Starbucks holiday blend for sale. And I was Mm -hmm. like, ooh, should we get the holiday blend? And he was like, too soon. And I'm like, okay, he's right. If we start drinking the Holiday Blend now, by the time the holidays (laughs) are actually here, it, it won't feel fun and special.
1: And kind of along the same lines, I have a friend who really loves holiday music, but she won't let herself start listening to holiday music until December 1st, because otherwise she says it's just not fun. It needs to make the holiday season feel special. And so you have to kind of keep it in that holiday period.
0: Yes, I do that with holiday music also, although I'll start the day after Thanksgiving is my official start to Mm. the holiday season. Oh, that's good. So, Gretchen, our next happier holiday hack comes from my childhood This was something a girl in my class, Ann Rippy, did every year, which was have a holiday cookie party. Um, It's actually a cookie exchange party. So the idea is she would invite all the girls in our class and their mothers to come and bring, I think it was maybe two dozen cookies. So everyone would bake their favorite cookie, whether it was like an M&M cookie or brownies or whatever it was. And then we would come and we would put all of our cookies on her big dining room table. And then everyone would get a plate and you would go around and you would get one of every kind of cookie that everyone brought. So you brought two dozen cookies and you left with two dozen cookies.
1: And I remember, I mean, as your older sister, I was kind of aware that this was this tradition that you did um, and you and mom would do it. And it, and the fact is it was so fun because it was always like this, like, what kind of cookies should we make? And wanting to make a cookie that looked really delicious to other people. And then when you came home, you'd have this whole array of all these different kind of cookies. And even you and I would look at them and be like, ooh, taste this one or let's split this one. It was really, really festive. And I think, and I, as I remember, it was really nice the mothers would get together and the girls were there and you'd all get sort of dressed up. It was really set the tone for the holiday season. It was this thing that everybody looked forward to. I looked forward to it, even though I didn't even go. Yeah,
0: yeah, it was so fun. We all felt very sophisticated, um, even though it was a cookie party. And one of the best parts, Gretchen, was trading cookies. So once you went around the table and got all of your cookies, you could then trade with people who had certain, you know, favorites. So it was just a really fun thing that I'm very nostalgic about. and In fact, I'm thinking I should try to do that for Jack. That would be fun.
1: And I've got to say, the hack part of this is that from the host perspective, it's not a very complicated party to pull off.
0: Right. Part
1: of it is that everybody's bringing to it and it's its own activity. So like, yeah, you have to have your house ready for the holidays and bake your own two dozen cookies and have drinks and stuff. But you get a lot of bang for your buck with the holiday cookie party. Yeah,
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Well, and speaking of getting your home ready for the holidays, this is a hack that you and I have both copied from mom, which is once you do a good sort of holiday display, however you set it up, take a photograph of it. Print it out and store it in the box with your holiday decorations so that when you unpack your holiday decorations, you can just exactly replicate what you've done before, if you so choose. Because sometimes it's fun to, like, do things in a different way, but sometimes it's fun to just do everything exactly the way you did it before that looked good. And I kind of like that model. And this is just has saved me a lot of kind of decision fatigue because I'm like, well, I'm just going to do this Christmas tree the way way I've always done it.
0: Well, I have to say, I have not actually done this, Gretchen. I think it's a great (laughs) hack, but I have not actually been organized enough to photograph decorations. Also, my house feels like it's been in a constant state of flux since we moved in. So I haven't sort of perfected my holiday decorating yet but i will do this this is part of my lifelong goal to be a you know actualized adult is to okay. photograph my christmas decorations year to year
1: hey listen grilling happen miracles are you know all around us so yes. i have faith that you can do it yes and it really does make things easier and here is a hack related to holiday shopping mm-hmm. so something that's a happiness stumbling block during the holiday times is people worrying about overspending or feeling guilty about what they've bought and here is a way to manage spending. And it's it's something where I feel like there's a lot of expert advice, but it's not good for everyone. Because what a lot of times people will say is when you're going shopping, always take cash because mm-hmm. people feel the pain of the cash going out of their hands.
0: Yes. But for someone else, using a credit card is the way to go. Because when you use a credit card, you then get a statement telling you exactly what you have bought. So in a way, it's more accountability than the cash where cash can just flow out of your hands and you're like, where did all that go?
1: Right, and this is the thing where I think it's really important not to think like, well, this is the best way to do it because I read an article about it. It's like, well, maybe cash is the thing that for you is the better impulse control device or maybe a credit card for you. So figure out which one works for you and then use that system as a way to control spending.
0: Yes, know yourself better. Know yourself better. Okay. And then Gretchen, here's one um, on the eating front, which is always an issue, of course, around the holidays. Um, If you're trying to eat healthier, don't try the free samples. You know, when you're going around the (laughs) mall or the grocery store, there's always a million free samples. I mean, Costco is famous for that. Yes, Um, And the whole reason they have the samples is because you're more likely to buy the food if you've tried the free sample.
1: Yes, you're more likely to buy. So that goes to spending, back to spending. And the thing is, when you have a free sample, you kind of remember your cravings. Like you might not have had an urge to eat something sweet, but then you taste that like free chocolate bark or whatever. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, I really want some more candy. Or, you know, it, it, it awakens a craving in you that might have been completely dormant. So walk on by that free sample table.
0: And then here's one that it seems obvious, but I forget it every year for like a month (laughs) and then I have to remember, which is in terms of, you know, buying gifts, make a list. Or if you see something you think someone would like or that you would like, take a photo so that you can remember what it is. Don't depend on your memory. So you've either got to email yourself like with the heading, you know, Christmas list, or take a photo so you can go back and look. And this has saved me um, in the last few years doing this.
1: Yes. And speaking of lists, which is so simple but so helpful, um, I think different groups of people would have different views about this. But Elizabeth, in our family at least, there's a very strong assumption that everyone is going to make a list for themselves and if somebody is buying presents for you, you will have a list of things that you would like. And that so people don't have to depend on their own ingenuity or their own list keeping to come up with good gifts for you, but that you're going to suggest gifts that you want. And I think in some families and some groups of people, they have a stronger idea that it should be a surprise. But I really like it our way because it's a good feeling to know, like, somebody really wants something and I'm going to go buy it for them and I'm going to give them something that they really want. But it, there isn't that air of mystery. But for us, that really works well.
0: Yes. It's very satisfying to like buy things you know somebody wants. Yes. But it does put pressure on us to like think of things we want. But that's okay. That's, you know. Right. There's worse things than sitting around thinking, what do I want? Well, and I basically stopped
1: buying anything for myself starting in mid-November and anything that I Mm -hmm. want, like if I want to get, you know, like, oh, there's this special kind of face cream I want. I'm like, okay, that's going on the Christmas list because um, somebody will be very happy to be able to put that in my stocking.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Now, here's a fun one. is to identify a holiday family movie that you watch every year as part of your family holiday tradition.
0: Yeah, this is an easy, fun tradition.
1: Yes, and I was very inspired by a friend of mine who she and her children, who are grown, every January 1st, they watch the Lord of the Rings trilogy of movies. Now, that is not a small undertaking. And she said it's, that is
0: a commitment. That
1: is. A, yeah, that is a commitment. And she says it's not like people are chatting and like wandering in and out of the room. It's like you are sitting in your chair and you are watching every moment of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. But I thought, what a wonderful tradition for them. Like, this is what it means to have New Year's Day. And it's like the, the tradition of it just makes life feel more coherent and it makes time feel more special it's something that you can all look forward to and share as a family and it's a it's a pretty easy tradition
0: yeah and there are so many you can go watch a classic like it's a wonderful life the Charlie Brown Christmas special or you can watch something more recent like elf or bad moms you know which is out this year as a Christmas movie it's like there's such a range
1: right right you can pick what you want I love holiday movies and in fact if you want to hear my favorite moment from my favorite Christmas movie, we will put it at the end of the episode if you want to hear that. Coming
0: up, more happier holiday hacks, but first a break. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas, Christmas. toys in every store, but the prettiest sight to see is the holly that will be on your own. Okay, Gretch, speaking of traditions, this, I think, is a really interesting holiday hack, and that's to be willing to let go of a tradition. That goes against most people's instincts, so I want to hear you talk about that. Well, one of the
1: things about tradition is they really are valuable. They give people a sense of time passing. They help families stay cohesive. Um, They make time feel more special. Children tend to love traditions, but Sometimes you need to be willing to let go of a tradition or not be too upset if you can't keep every element. And I have had to do this many times. Like, for one, when I got married, you know, Elizabeth, for you and me growing up, the Christmas tree was a huge thing. We would always go the day after my birthday and buy a Christmas tree. Decorating the Christmas tree was a big deal. We each had our special Christmas ornament that we got every year. And so when I got married to Jamie, I really wanted to have a ceiling-high, fresh Christmas tree. Now, Jamie's Jewish, so he had no particular, you know, associations with a Christmas tree. He went along with it just to be, like, a good husband. But I realized living in New York, this was so much trouble. It was so much work. It was so much effort. Mm. And then we would go to Kansas City every year, where Mom had, like, gorgeous tree and everything— and so now I have tabletop trees, goose feather trees, and I put my ornaments on there and it makes the house look all decorated. And I'm sad that we don't have a proper Christmas tree the way I had growing up, but life became so much easier when I let go of the, the idea that Christmas wasn't Christmas unless I had gone out to the corner in the snow and dragged home the six foot Christmas tree.
0: Yeah. And this goes to the thing where it's like life evolves, things change you know, if something ceases to work for you, I, I think just feeling like you have to do it just to, ha- you know, just to do it sort of sucks all the life energy out of the tradition itself. Well, exactly.
1: And I had this just very recently. Because every year I would take a picture of the girls in their Halloween costumes mm. and I would um, have this Halloween gallery with these pictures that I only had out as part of our Halloween decorations. And it was, you know, this wonderful picture of the girls through the years and you could watch them grow and see what they had every year. And this year, of course eliza's away Uh, at college no
0: halloween picture
1: well so i thought well should i have her take a picture of herself and then she can send it to me and i'll print it out and i'll get Mm. one of those you know you can get those picture frames that are like hinged so there's one picture on each side but both of them would have to be vertical or both of them would have to be horizontal and is she going to follow through and would she really be wearing her costume i mean i know she got dressed up to go to a party but would she remember to take a photograph of it and then i was like you know what Mm. I just have to let go of the idea that Eliza will be in the. And it's like now she's in college and the gallery is going to reflect that. Yeah. And so the picture for this year is Eleanor in her corpse bride costume. Yeah. And, you know, Eliza is off at college. And just like there were pictures of Eliza before Eleanor was born, I'm like, we're going to have pictures of Eleanor after Eliza left for college. And it was you know, it was, I had a little moment, but, but again, I'm like, I don't. I would have to hound and nag Eliza to get this picture. It'd be like this huge thing. Like, just let go of it. Let it, as you say, let it evolve. Life is evolving. Life is changing. We need to change the tradition too. I need to change the tradition too. Yeah.
0: So it does kind of make me cry, I'll admit, but um, I'm proud of you for not, (laughs) you know, not being that mom.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're just like, because you're right. You suck all the life and fun out of it if it becomes just this terrible chore that everybody's dreading. Yeah.
0: Um. Okay. So that's be willing to let go of a tradition. Um, I'd love to hear from people, by the way, Gretchen, on what traditions they've let go of or, you know, want yes. to let go of, but others won't allow them to let go of.
1: Right. Right. Or how they evolved it. Like, what did you do? If you couldn't do X, then you decided to do Y as sort of the next, the evolution of a tradition. Yeah. And here's here's an interesting one, I think. And this goes to sort of holiday relationship issues, because one of the things about holidays is many ways they're wonderful. But for many people, it can be challenging to be with family that you don't see that often or dealing with big groups of people who might be coming from, you know, very different places. And a lot of times a big happiness stumbling block is sort of anticipating that there's going to be conflict or, you know, like, oh, we always have this fight or oh, I always I dread, you know, seeing X, Y, Z person in my family or whatever. And I think one thing to do that can help is before you enter into a situation like that or like maybe you're traveling to go someplace, spend some time thinking about how you want to behave in advance. Mm-hmm. So you're not just reacting in the moment, but you're thinking How do I want to behave? You can't control how other people are going to behave. But knowing what I know about what the situation is likely to hold for me, how do I want to behave for myself?
0: I think this is such incredible advice because if you leave a situation knowing that you sort of acted the way that you felt was appropriate, then it's not going to haunt you. You know, but if you get baited by someone and you end up screaming across the table from them, (laughs) that might haunt you and really ruin your holiday. Whereas as long as you maintain the behavior that you want to maintain, you can at least just, you know, walk away with your head held high.
1: Well, and you can also think, and this is related to the strategy of safeguards, which is one of the things I talk about in my book, Better Than Before, which is the safeguards, you anticipate failure. You think about, where have I slipped up before? What can I anticipate? So you can plan ahead. You can think about challenges. And you could say things like, well, I'm just going to make sure that I'm sitting at the opposite mm-hmm. end of the table from this person. Or I'm not going to drink at this party because I know if I drink, then I might get lured into a conversation that I don't want to have. Or I'm going to, if this person tries to make me fight, I'm going to say, let's just agree to disagree. Yeah. Or, or whatever it is. And I mean, and this is partly for relationships and that kind of thing. But then I think it's, but thinking about how you want to behave is even true for things like how much dessert do you mm. want to have? How much alcohol do you want to drink? How late do you want to stay up? The more you think about, well, knowing what I know about a situation and what the possible pitfalls are, how can I plan ahead to have the most fun, the most love, the most engagement given the situation?
0: Yeah, it's a great idea. And I think part of that,
1: too, is and this is thinking about your relationship to others, which is that often like when you're making small talk with people, whether it's like you're at a big fa- holiday party or you're with your family that you don't see that often, is to remember that topics that might seem innocuous to you or that you're kind of just raised without even thinking about it particularly might really be upsetting to somebody ah. else. And so you might be making somebody else feel bad or feel defensive even if that's not your intention. You're not meaning to needle them or to, uh, you know, poke them. But it has that effect.
0: Yeah, there are some classics in this arena that we would be remiss, <laughs> Gretchen, if we did not mention. Yeah. People do not want to be asked when they're going to have a baby. Yes. Or when they're going to yeah. get married to their boyfriend or girlfriend. They want to be asked that even less. Yes. What else? Didn't you give up smoking? Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> <Like>, yeah. <laughs> Can you afford that? Mm. When are you going to get a real job? Oh, yeah. That is not um, a question people like to be asked.
1: So I think it's helpful also, like, in terms of, like, thinking about the strategy of safeguards. What are some questions that you might think of asking so that you don't, you know, ask these questions that might get people defensive? One of my favorite questions is, um, what's keeping you busy these days? Mm. Because I feel like that's something where people can pick how they want to answer. They can answer with work. They can answer with family. They can answer with a hobby. It's, not, it's nice and open-ended.
0: Yeah. And then if they want to talk about how they're trying to get pregnant, they can talk about it.
1: Right. But you're not like, pursuing that that course of conversation. But here's the thing. If somebody asks you what's keeping you busy or what are you up to, I always appreciate it when people say something, not like, not much. Right. That doesn't help us have a conversation. Right. So please give me something to work with here, because sometimes you feel like, oh, it's I'm a more easygoing conversationalist. So I say, oh, there's not much new to report what's going on with you. But that doesn't really foster Connection.
0: Yeah, that's like the yes and principle of um, improv. You know, right. if, if when you're doing improv and someone, you know, suggests something in a scene, you have to say yes and then continue the thought. You're not allowed to just reject what they're saying.
1: Right, right. Because it just like then everything just comes crashing to a halt. Yes,
0: yes. Yes. The art of conversation. Yes. I'm yes. trying to the teach of- that to Jack. I keep telling him, you need to practice the art of conversation. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I remember with Eliza, it's like, you need to say things like, what's your favorite color? What movies do you like? And she said, I like it when other people ask me those questions. And I was like, I hear you, but it's something that we all have to learn how to do. (laughs) And so listen, the last happier holiday hack to offer is to fill your heart with love. That
0: sounds good.
1: Yeah, really try to go into the holiday spirit. And really try to think about love. My And I have my 12 personal commandments. And one of the 12 personal commandments is there is only love. And to really try to get yourself into that place where you can think about all the reasons you have for loving the people and traditions around you.
0: Yes. I mean, if you think of all the reasons you're grateful for your family and friends and the happy memories you've shared... It makes you, you know, just more tolerant of anyone's quirks. And it's also always good to remember to look at things from other people's perspective.
1: Right, right. As you're thinking about, well, this is annoying to me or this is difficult or why did you have to do that? To think about, well, can I think about this with love in my heart and how would I see things differently? And one of the things that happens is when you do take the time to feel grateful to people or to fill your heart with love, Those positive feelings kind of drive out negative feelings. So, if you're thinking about all the reasons that you have to be grateful for, like, your in laws to your in laws, then that helps you not feel annoyed, not feel irritated. Because, you know, a lot of times you can, and Elizabeth, your thing is reframing, and a lot of times you can reframe instead of saying, oh, I hate it that we have to travel at Thanksgiving. You can be like, ah, We're so lucky that we get to travel at Thanksgiving. Or, ah, oh, I can't believe I'm hosting again. You could be like, oh, I love to host, you know. And for a lot of times, we have mixed feelings about things, and so you can focus on the love that you feel. Yes, this can be hard to do.
0: <laughs> it's easier. Yeah, than- this can be hard to do, especially in the holidays when we can be super stressed and rushed for time. But if you're happy, you're going to be able to make other people happy, and that is crucial.
1: Well, and that's the mystery of this. my second splendid truth. I have my eight splendid truths of happiness. One is, one of the best ways to make yourself happy is to make other people happy. One of the best ways to make other people happy is to be happy yourself. And definitely, if you can bring that kind of loving, happy spirit to the holidays, you're going to have a much happier holiday than if you're like thinking about you know, <laughs> the irritations and the and the annoyances. So I'm so excited to hear other people's holiday hacks.
0: Oh my gosh, I know. I'm hoping we get hundreds of them.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah, yes. I may have to do a holiday hack PDF. We'll see if we get oh. enough great ideas. There you go. There you go. So let us know your various holiday hacks uh, and what works for you. Um, We would love to hear them on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. uh, Email us at podcast at GretchenRubin.com. Or as always, you could go to happiercast.com slash 145 to leave a comment or to look up any kind of links or images related to this episode.
0: Coming up, I give myself a holiday gold star. The first to break. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell. Bushels of fun. Now the hop has begun. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small, and when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Gretchen, when I started my career, therapy really helped me work through all of my stresses so that I was able to concentrate at work and do a good job.
1: If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Gretchen today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Gretchen Okay,
0: Gretch, it is time for demerits and gold stars. What is your demerit this week?
1: Okay, so... As you know, one of the things that I do in life is I, I love to read and I love to take notes. And so as I read books, I will often mark them up by using post-it notes. If it's a library book, never fear. But um, so I'll mark them as I read them. And then I will go back and pull out any of the information that I want to keep from the books. And I have like these huge troves of notes that I've kept. And I really enjoy this. But lately, I have had a lot going on. I've been traveling. I've had like a lot of work to do. And I've allowed myself to get behind on my note taking, which means that I have books piled up where I'm continuing to read without taking the notes from the books that I've already read. And this I know is not a good thing for me to do for my happiness because then I start feeling anxious, like I have all this work piling up. Mm. And usually I'm pretty good about if I have a book, I won't won't let myself start a new book until I have taken the notes from the previous book. So that's kind of like my trade-off for myself. But I have allowed myself to get quite far behind in my note-taking. Like I have a couple books where I have many, 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 many notes that I know Mm. I'm going to take. And so I've created this sense of being behind that's kind of taking the fun out of my reading because I feel like I'm not entitled to keep reading in a way and so it's making me feel kind of overworked and anxious and then also sterile like I can't, like I'm not like processing things properly and yet I just haven't been able to set aside the time to catch up because it's grueling work in a way, it's grueling intellectual. just copying things down doesn't sound that hard but I kind of have to think through it and um, it takes a lot out of me, it really is work But I know I'd be happier if I got myself caught up.
0: Yes. And Gretchen, knowing you as I do, I agree. I think you need to catch up. I don't think you'll be right until you're caught up.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes. You're right.
0: So prioritize that.
1: I will. You're right. I'm going to get this done. Okay. But Alyssa, take us to a gold star. What is your gold star for this week?
0: All right. I am giving myself a gold star uh, because I started Christmas shopping early this year. Now, I will say we one of our hacks, I think our first hack was decide what day you're going to start thinking about the holiday and don't worry about it before then. Yeah. And I definitely was shopping before that date. But I don't know, I just decided I wanted to uh, be leisurely about it. And so one thing I've been doing is when I'm, you know, writing and I feel like I need a break, what I'll do for a break is spend maybe 10 minutes like browsing online so that I'm like getting gift ideas. And so Mm. it's like, it's both a break and it's productive. So I've been enjoying that. Well, I have to say, you texted me
1: the other day to ask me my size. So I was like, "Mm, I think she might be doing some holiday shopping. So that was my clue. Um, But here's my question. I think for a lot of people using online browsing as a break from work could quickly become three hours. Uh, How do you make sure that you don't that you keep it to be like a limited break and not kind of eat into your your need to be productive?
0: Well, you know how I do that is because I don't have that many ideas of what people might like. So oh. it's I, I like if I try to think of just like one thing that I can like look up ah. um, and peruse and then it's not like I have a million other ideas. Ah, okay. So it's like I have to have an idea first.
1: OK, so,
0: so you- it's sort of limited. I, I don't go down like a rabbit hole of like site to site to site to site to site. I kind of pick one thing to examine, and then um, I let it go. Because that's also not like I love online shopping so much that I want to just do it for hours. You, you
1: don't. Know? You don't love online. No. No. Right. Yeah. So that's a good example of knowing yourself better. For you, that is not tempting enough that it would kind of be a true temptation. But for some people, that might not be a good work, work-a-day break. Yes. Because you could spend the rest of your life, as you say, going from site to site to site. So
0: That is true.
1: But you're getting your breaks and doing your holiday shopping. So that is a good gold Star for you. And that is it for this episode of Happier. Remember, try this at home. Sample from our holiday hacks smorgasbord. Let us know what hacks you tried and what works for you. We want to hear your holiday hacks.
0: Thank you to our producer, Kristen Meinzer. Also thanks to Andy Bowers of Panoply. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Instagram at Gretchen Rubin and I'm at Liz Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. As always,
1: you know what I'm going to say. If you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend and subscribe to us on iTunes. And for the resources, okay, be careful. This is blatant self-promotion coming your way as you are thinking about holiday gifts. I have to put in a plug for my books, my 2018 Happier Page a Day calendar, my coloring book, my day-by-day habits journal. I've got a whole bunch of stuff. Happiness related. So if you are looking for gift ideas, I offer it out there for you. Uh, there's something for everyone. There's a Churchill biography, but you know.
0: They could give a whole um, happier basket, Gretchen. Happiness project, <laughs> the four tendencies, better than before, the coloring book, I'll wrap it all in cellophane. Great gift. There you go. There you go. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen
1: Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and upward. as promised. This is my favorite scene from my favorite holiday movie, which is Miracle on 34th Street, the classic 1947 version. In it, one of the main characters, a six-year-old girl Susan, played by Natalie Wood, watches as Kris Kringle talks to a little girl at Macy's. Now, this won't make any sense if you don't know the movie, but I hope if you've seen the movie, you love this scene as much as I do. And if you don't speak Dutch, I will put the translation on my site. It's happiercast.com slash 145. Well, young lady, what's your name? I'm sorry she doesn't speak English. She's Dutch. She just came over. She's been living in an orphan's home in Rotterdam ever since. Well, we've adopted her. I told her you wouldn't be able to speak to her, but when she saw you in the parade yesterday, she said you were Santa Claus, as she calls you, and you could talk to her. Well, I didn't know what to do. Hello, ik ben blij dat je gekomen bent. Oh, ben Santa Claus. Yes, ah,
0: yeah, <laughs> i was zeker.
1: Ik wist het wel. Ik was zeker dat u het zou begrijpen.
0: Natuurlijk. Zeg maar wat je zo in heaven, van Santa Claus.
1: Niets. Ik heb Ik wil alleen maar bij deze lieve dame
0: zijn. Wil je wat voor mij zingen?
1: Sinterklaas kapoentje, geef wat in mijn schoentje, geef wat in mijn laarsje. Dank u Sinterklaasje. Sinterklaas kapoentje, geef wat in mijn schoentje, geef wat in mijn laarsje.
0: Dank u Sinterklaasje. not just a house. This is everything you need to know all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework.